for centuries. It's as American as apple pie. And it's making our country sick. Hello and welcome back to the Spoon Drawer. I'm Grace McWilliams and we are going to be going back to Invisible Illness Part 3, Take 2. That intro was very dramatic, I know. I only say it because it's true. And I wanted to redo this episode because previously I was having a bad brain day and I knew I could deliver the information in a more concise manner. So our gritty saga begins with candida. And a most simplified definition would be a yeast-like parasitic fungus that can sometimes cause thrush. And I'm just going to be honest, candida is a perfect villain. It's silent, powerful, and largely underestimated. It does not get enough credit for being the cause of many, many diseases and having the ability to destroy lives. So here I am, raising awareness. I'm going to be referencing a book published in 1983 called The Yeast Connection, A Medical Breakthrough. It is a very great way to explain dense information in an easy way to understand. So I'm going to begin by just mentioning Hippocrates described the one type of yeast infection, thrush, in debilitated patients and the presence of the clinical condition has been recognized for centuries. Galen described it as a common occurrence in children, particularly sickly children. Okay, so we're gonna start there because for my case in particular, thrush was the first exposure to candida when I was a baby. And as we've just heard, particularly common. And I begin with the thrush as the conversation topic because I want to be able to depict how one can go from having yeast infections to six autoimmune diseases. And I hope to be able to portray that symptom progression today and in the next episode. So, of course, I received my first round of antibiotics to treat the thrush I got when I was a baby. Now I'm going to begin to list out several symptoms from the very early part of my life. Um, by age four, I was having skin rashes and chronic ear infections, so I was repeatedly being taken to the emergency rooms in the middle of the night. I was constantly taking antibiotics for the chronic ear infections. By six, I was lactose intolerant, and I had had an allergic reaction that scarred my arm from the prescription of Bactrim, which is an antibiotic. At seven, the decade-long kidney infections began, um, and onset of allergies, which we found out at eight that I was allergic to everything. I was so allergic to what I had been tested for, we never got around to the food portion. So everything that wasn't food, I had found, um, I was found to have an allergy to. And at this point, it's worth mentioning constant stomach pain, abdominal cramping, and acid reflux already at age eight. 
by 14. I have sprained my ankles several, several times and were able to start to see severe knee and hip pain. So the beginnings of the progression of arthritis was at 13 and 14. And a lot of people don't consider it starting so young, but it did in my case. Anemia, strange acne began at this point. And once the acne was so bad, I was prescribed, of course, antibiotics um, that I was to take daily. And then I would be prescribed antibiotics according to whatever else was going on. So a lot of the time I was on more than one chronic sinus infections, and several bouts of thrush and different yeast infections, bladder, kidney infections, and you know, all of this was going on at the same time. One time I was 14 and I went to the doctor and apparently I had five in different infections and he, the doctor couldn't believe I was even going to school still. And I only mention this not so I sound like a tough girl, no because I felt like crap every day already by 14 that I didn't even realize I had an infection. I just knew I felt worse than usual. And that's worth mentioning, I feel like. So I'm gonna switch over to our lovely little book here and mention this excerpt from a medical journal in 1970. A revival of interest in systemic candidiasis took place after 1940. The occurrence of candidiasis as a sequel to the use of antibacterial antibiotics, particularly broad-spectrum antibiotics, evoked a great surge of research. Presently, candida is recognized as one of the most frequently encountered fungal opportunists and is now regarded as the commonest cause of serious fungal disease. Now, I read that to you because at this point, if I'm 14, we're in the early 2000s, and nobody's talking about candida at all. <laughs> but here, it's plain as day. They were talking about it in the 70s, and they knew that there were adverse reactions to broad-spectrum antibiotics, which, of course, that's what I was taking. So it had its implications, but it also had its due research. I don't understand how we could have just ignored that so many years later, but I also want to read this. When you take antibiotics, especially if you take them repeatedly, many of the friendly germs in your body are wiped out. Since yeasts aren't harmed by these antibiotics, they spread out and raise large families. The medical term is colonization. Now, when yeasts multiply, they put out toxins which circulate through your body weakening your defenders and making you sick. And all of this is very important to get the full picture here. So I'm gonna go back now to the symptoms and we're going to talk about 17 because at 17 the bone things <laughs> continue to get a little bit more severe in that instead of my, my hips and my knees just hurting or my ankles being sprained, my entire kneecap came out of place and I wasn't even doing anything at all. I was just sitting there and I moved my leg and my knee rolled out. And that is where we're able to see, okay, now it's becoming a little bit more serious. I needed 
you know, years of physical therapy, of course, I did not follow through because the one solution was to tape my kneecap in place every day for the rest of my life, which I have no interest in doing. So <laughs> I um, went to six months of physical therapy and I knew that it was not going to get any better. Now, at 18, I was going from, you know, sinus infections in my early teens to sinus infection that was so bad it turned into bronchitis, which turned into strep throat, which turned into pneumonia, and this went on for months. And I was repeatedly treated with antibiotics and my body was not being receptive to that treatment. None of the antibiotics were working at all. So basically, we see a much stronger source of infections inside my body, but also the need for much stronger antibiotics to wipe out the infection. And that would then cause yet another infection. So that went on for a couple of years. So at 22, I had another round of sinus infections and bladder infections, and I was once again treated with antibiotics. And I said, no more. I came home, I felt sick from the antibiotics. I couldn't understand why this was like constantly just back and forth with me. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna take a break on those antibiotics. And I'm gonna see what happens. So then when I started to feel myself getting sick, I would take some vitamin C. I would eat more vegetables. At this point, I was a vegetarian anyway. And I was just trying to drink a lot of water and take better care of myself. Well, from there, I didn't really have another bladder infection, another yeast infection, another um, sinus infection. And fast forward two years to the age of 24 though because that year is where going from one type of infection to an all-out body crash for the first time, meaning I just lost all ability to function. And it was on a day that I was scheduled to work a double shift at the restaurant that I was at, and I completed my first shift and I said, I can't come back. I'm sorry, I feel horrible. And my boss looked at me and said, well, if you don't come back, you're fired. Well, I did not care because at that point, I literally was concerned that I was dying because I felt so strange and so weak and unable to understand and comprehend things people were saying. And it was, it was just, something was different. So I went to the emergency room and in the emergency room, they found nothing on my tests. They basically put some IV and fluids in me because I was dehydrated. And the nurse said to me, you can keep having tests run if you want, but it's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your money because we're not going to find anything. So I just wanted you to be aware. Oh my goodness, that hurt me in more than one way. Made me feel completely hopeless because I knew something was really bad wrong. So I was out of work for the first time because of illness for about 17 days. And when I went back to work, I noticed there was a new symptom. I was at least a little bit stronger, so I didn't have to worry as much about the weakness anymore because I had been bed resting for like two weeks. But I was noticing an increase in my klutziness, so to speak, and I would carry my tray down by my side, my serving tray, and more than one time each shift, the dang tray would just drop and it would either crash on the floor or roll down the aisle, which was so embarrassing. And I felt like an idiot. I couldn't understand why I was unable to just hold on to that tray. It was happening more and more and more. Well, now I know that was the onset of 
really severe numbness in the hands and the fingertips. And when you can't feel your hands and your fingertips, then you can't hold on to things. You don't realize that you've, you've dropped them, you've let go. So I know that that symptom was really becoming increasingly obvious at the age of 24. When I mentioned weakness um, during that time that I was out of work for 17 days, I want to make sure that we all understand the amount of weakness. I mean, I was so weak I couldn't move my arms and I was alone most of the time because I was the only one not working. So I remember just sitting on the floor because I was too tired and weak to sit in a chair. And I remember being hungry and wondering how I was going to be able to eat. I was too weak to move. And then for the next hour, I scooched on my bottom from one end of the house to the other to the kitchen. From the floor, I grabbed the bread from the cabinet. I grabbed the knife from the silverware drawer. And I continued to, on the floor, make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I say that because most people in their early 20s definitely have enough energy to make themselves a sandwich and usually it's standing up. It's not sitting on the floor. I had never experienced weakness like that and so that's why I had a really good idea that something else was going on. Now how does this all connect is what you're asking, I bet. So let me tell you how all of this connects. So in the book it says right here in plain letters. You can suspect that candida plays a role in making you sick if you've taken antibiotics for acne. Okay, check. You've taken birth control pills, check. Or prolonged or repeated courses of antibiotics, check. For sinusitis, bronchitis, urinary or ear infections, Okay, does that sound familiar to anybody? Because it should. Um, and I want you to know, I did not base any of my research from this book. I actually just got this book a few months ago. I have not been in possession of this book. If I had, I would have saved myself years of research. However, I came to discover Candida through a whole other path of research. It's odd to me that it is there in plain sight in simplified wording from 1983. Yet, nobody acted like they knew at all what was wrong with me. In fact, it was quite the opposite. They constantly told me nothing was wrong with me. So after I went to the emergency room, I went to another doctor, and they said everything was because of allergies. And so I'm only mentioning that because that those were my diagnoses at the time. And I knew that that wasn't true, but I didn't know where to go from there, just like a lot of people. And it's very overwhelming to try to take any kind of action yourself, especially when you're heavily relying on people who have been to college and studied this crap for years, supposedly. You would think they would be able to be a good resource, to be helpful. And it, you feel absolutely alone when um, you don't have that partnership from your doctor. So in the next episode, we're going to be covering what happens next as far as not playing doctor. I began playing detective and I wanted to suss out who was causing these problems. I wanted to find our villain, our super villain. And so in the next episodes, we'll be talking about that and some aspects of natural medicine. In the meantime, 
If you would like to contact me and tell me if any of this hit home for you, if any of this you also experienced in your life in dealing with autoimmune diseases or chronic illness, please, I'd love to hear your story because it's all about us, not just me. It's us together spreading the word and raising awareness. My email address is coastalempirewellness at gmail.com. My Instagram is cewellness. So feel free to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Until the next time in the spoon drawer, have a good day.